fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome into the program. It is a Tuesday, greatest day of the week. I'm telling you, it gets better every single day. We become more seasoned as the week goes along. And I say that is a good thing because we get to have more experience. By the end of the week, imagine this, at the end of the week, you are more wise, or you're supposed to be more wise, more intelligent, and more educated than what you were at the beginning of the week. So I guess that's good news, and we'll take it. (laughs) Welcome into the show. Hopefully, the part of that's because of listening to this show. I'm just throwing that out there. Welcome into the program. It is The Voice Reason. I am Andy Hoosier, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation. Here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station, we are all over the country, multiple stations, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch or listen to the show, it's great to have you along for the ride today on the post-Monday celebration. Let's carpe diem all over this place, baby. That's what we're all about. Joe Biden, our daily update. How you doing, brother? Hanging in? I know it's been trouble. We haven't seen you in the news in a while. Haven't been doing much. Doing okay? I want to be clear. I'm not going nuts. Making sure. All right, bottom of the hour. We have a lot to get to today. Bob Edelman, we've had him on the program before. It's been a while, but we've had him on. He is with the John Burchett Society, also with the New American, contributor to the New American at thenewamerican.com. We have him coming on at the bottom of the hour. We'll talk Fox News, mainstream media, Tucker Carlson. Carlson's been releasing more of his Tweety uh, episodes, and they are getting millions upon millions of views on the Twitter by itself. No other platform, just straight social media, and the Twitter. So we'll talk about where the future may look like. Fox News has also released their new lineup in the evenings for the weekday evening shows. Is it something you're going to be watching, or are you done with Fox News and have moved on to other platforms that include Newsmax or One American News Network or Real America's Voice or just radio shows, podcasts, and online shows? Where are you at when it comes to getting your content and information? We'll do that here in just a little bit. Speaking of Twitter, by the way, real quick, I am... Desperately anticipating this squaring off, this matchup, throwing in the octagon. The gauntlet has been dropped between Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg for a potential MMA matchup, as both of them apparently have experience in jujitsu. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg apparently has a black belt in it. Mark, uh, Elon Musk, I don't know what belt he has, but says he trained in South Africa. Well, now apparently things are getting serious. Now, I've heard two different stories here, so bear with me. One of them, according to Fox News, has said that Elon Musk has agreed to train with the UFC legend, the man himself, George St. Pierre, which if that's the case, dude, like, holy cow, man. (laughs) Holy cow. If George St. Pierre, for those that don't know, if you like, who's that? He's Canadian. And yes, there is something epic coming out of Canada. George St. Pierre is a major UFC star. He retired a few years back and he was... Uh, an awesome fighter. He wound up with his record at 26 and two. Yeah. 26 and two for his entire UFC career. So he's kind of a legend, kind of a big deal. And if he's agreed to train Elon Musk and those two are uh, training together, then that is some good news. I don't know where Mark Zuckerberg's at on the training and uh, we'll see what happens. The other story I've heard, however, is that Elon said that he would love to fight, but his mother doesn't approve, so therefore he was second-guessing on whether he was going to do this or not, which I don't know if that story is true or not. That is not confirmed, but he does seem like one of those guys where if his mama said something, you don't then you don't turn her down. So 
I don't know, man. I, I don't know if this is going to happen or not, but if it does, I'm extremely excited about the launching the physical manifestation of free speech versus censorship, of freedom versus tyranny, of it's like Rocky Four of the Americans versus the Russians, and who's going to go at it in a nice sparring um, professional sport like MMA or boxing or uh, UFC fighting or however it may end up being. I am excited. I really hope this happens, but we'll see. If he's training with George St. Pierre, that would be awesome and well done there. All right. That being said, let's get into what's trending. We have a lot to talk about today, man. There's a lot of things going on. One of them. What's trending today? One of them. This is essentially the last week of the term for the Supreme Court of the United States. If you remember last year, this is when the Supreme Court, which the anniversary happened on Saturday over the weekend, for the one year for the reversal of Roe v. Wade and the ending of a nationally protected abortion, quote unquote, right across the nation. Now that battle goes down to the statewide levels. The states get to decide whether they... Uh, get to ban it themselves or whether they're going to open it up or how are they going to handle it at a statewide level, really the way things should be on policy. And then we advocate for the fact that, well, in our declaration and our constitution, we have the right to life, liberty, and private property, which means life would be one of those things that we would try to fight to protect. I know it's a crazy wild concept, but that's something that we get to work on now at a statewide level as opposed to the federal government. So that's good news. But they released it at this time last year because it was right before their recess. The end of the term for the Supreme Court is at the end of September. It's like the last Sunday before the first Monday of October is technically how they end the terms. And then the new term for the Supreme Court starts on October 1st, and or at least the first Monday, and then goes on for the next year. But while we still have three months technically in the term, they go on recess, just like kids during summer break. They go on their own summer break for the months of July, August, and September before they start picking up and accepting cases to be heard again, which means this is the last week. Usually the end of June, beginning of July is when they end up wrapping up, which means all of the decisions that are lingering out there, they have to come out with their opinions and rule on before essentially the end of this week. Which means everybody's lingering and wondering what the hell's going to happen with a couple of the major cases. The big one, obviously, with our What's Trending story of the day, is the student loan forgiveness. Now, that being said, I know that right now people are, wait a second, Andy, I thought the, the student loan forgiveness program was done. I thought we negotiated that out when we did the debt ceiling discussion just a couple of weeks ago. I thought that was over. We don't have to worry about that. The student loan uh, payments are set to begin here anywhere between July and August or October. My one student loan that's actually been on deferment because of the whole federal government thing picks back up, according to my app, uh, shows it's going to pick back up again in October. But some are fi- uh, picking up again here in July, depending on whatever student loan service that you have. But on the contraire, no, no, that was ruled out of the final debt ceiling bill, which, again, I ask you Republicans who voted for this bill, uh, what the hell, man? I thought we were like cutting spending, trying to stop some of the crazy government inflation, crazy government bloated spending, crazy government programs that are just getting out of control. I thought we were working to end that stuff, which was part of the negotiations. And it was in the very first bill that the Republicans had passed back in April. But in this new negotiated bill that ended up passing in both chambers of Congress, signed by the president for this debt ceiling bill that raised spending by $4 trillion over the next two years, so $2 trillion a year. That also included the fact that, number one, student loan payments will resume 
immediately, and you can't extend the deferment any longer. However, it did preserve and protect the forgiveness plan that was looming in the Supreme Court for Joe Biden to continue to push. So Republicans, major big flop and failure on that one again during the negotiations that we're also good at compromising and negotiating on where we give up and compromise everything that we want. Oh, yes, we still have the potential uh, preservation of the student loan forgiveness initiative that's pushed by the Biden administration that is still lingering in the U.S. Supreme Court. And we should be waiting to see what that looks like coming up by the essentially by the end of this week on whether we're going to remove massive amounts of student loans like $10,000 per borrower if they're a federal government student loan, a federal uh, federal government-backed student loan that's not a private one, which is <laughs> not a whole lot of mine because all of mine are private, unfortunately, so I don't have to worry about a whole lot of it. But nonetheless, uh, if this goes through, anywhere between ten dollars to $20,000 per student, depending on the type of student loan that you have, could be erased from your bill and absorbed into the federal debt that will be subsidized by the taxpayers of the United States of America because while other individuals may have paid their fair share and have paid off their student loans or did it the smart way and didn't even take out student loans, no, no, you have to pay for theirs because, well, you have to. You just you, That's just what you have to do. In fact, looking at the numbers here, I'm trying to find where... Oh, here we go. Uh, by state, you want to know the average by state how much... On average, someone has with student loan debt, and it's a lot, which goes into the conversation of why are we taking out so much student loan debt. Uh, the average across most of the country is anywhere between thirty to $40,000 in student loan debt. Washington, D.C., the District of Columbia, actually has the highest average borrower debt when it comes to student loans at $54,945 in average student loan debt. Yeah. That would be a major failure in my eyes because what in the world are you doing with that? I don't see everybody coming out of college having some crazy white-collar job coming out making $200,000 plus every year to be able to pay that off pretty easily. In fact, most individuals now you have to get a student loan just to get an entry-level position where you're fighting for your $15 an hour because you're starting to realize that you can't afford to live with the student loans, which is why we're seeing a decrease in the real estate industry. The millennial generation isn't buying homes. They're consolidating and still living in the basement with their parents. We're seeing the consolidation really of just the family unit in general with millennials and their parents or grandparents and just the whole family doing like European style where everybody lives under the same roof and takes care of each other. That would drive me nuts. And the American dream here is the fact that you have the ability to go out and flourish and blossom and go get your own living space, that you get to start your own independent life and you don't have to be dependent on the family to take care of you. But that's starting to change. You wonder why it's ironic when we joke about Joe Biden saying long live the queen or God bless the queen or whatever the hell he said when Barack Obama would continuously go over to the European Union and talk about the monarchy system and how great they are when Bernie Sanders is talking about how great socialism is in the Nordic countries and Scandinavia. And I say socialism because that's a very loose term on how he tries to define socialism. The reason is, is because while Barack Obama said that he wants to fundamentally change the United States of America, he wants to change it in a manner that's mimicking Europe and what they do. And a portion of that means that we're not expanding so rapidly. We don't try to expand to where everybody has their own independent ability to live on their own. But we consolidate 
and we merge together the families and the lineages and generations of family all under one roof. So therefore, we're not using as many resources. We're all condensed into one tight little space. And that's the goal at the end of the day as they talk about reforming and fundamentally changing the United States of America. When they look at all of these European countries as the iconic example of how the United States should operate. And one way they do that is to make sure that an average student has thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars of student loan debt, where you're paying on that with a massive amount of money on a monthly basis, and that takes away your entire ability for you to go off and live your own life and uh, pay for your own mortgage and buy your own house and get your own car. You don't have the funds for that. Times are changing. The way that we live is changing. And they're doing that, and they just say, well, we're going to get rid of the student loans because then you have more expendable cash, not to invest or anything, but that way you can go about your travels, you can go and travel the world, you can live the lifestyle that you want to, which is what my generation is doing anyways. However, again, they're starting to wake up because as we don't identify as adults until like the age of 30, we're starting to wake up slowly. The latest study shows that millennials starting to take a turn for the right politically, going a little bit more conservative. Oh, why is that? Maybe it's because of how much debt we have and we're starting to realize how difficult it is to survive in an economy where the Democrats and Joe Biden and the progressives continue to raise interest rates massively. Student loan forgiveness still lingering. That carrot for the Democrats dangling in front of them for a few more days. What will that turn out to look like? We'll have to wait and see over the next few days by the end of the week. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason. With Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into the program. 24 minutes past the hour. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting. So we have the student loan forgiveness program lingering out there with the Supreme Court. Now, personally, I am optimistic that we may see that one die. But crazier things have happened. We've had a supposedly Republican Supreme Court uphold Obamacare. Uh, but yet, then they surprise us with the reversal of Roe v. Wade, which I thought one of those that would be essentially stamped in approval and never be changed whatsoever. So, I don't know. The Supreme Court right now is a wild card. We know that Congress is left-leaning, even with the Republican House of Representatives, because the Republicans, you can see how well they negotiate. They negotiated so well that we still have the student loan forgiveness program available for the Supreme Court to make their decision on, unless they have the inside scoop that it's going to go away. But the first bill they passed didn't have it in there. But the second one, no, 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 we we held on to that. We preserved that one. The payments will start soon, but if it gets forgiven, then it'll just go away. So in other words, we still don't know what the hell's going on. And while the really the first big generation that has lived their life with student loans, our generation, the, the millennials, the late 20s to early 40s, is really the very first generation to have to live their life with massive amounts of student loans uh, after the consolidation of the education system and higher education especially into the federal government when the Department of Education is not about quality of education. It's about running a multi-billion dollar bank account to see how much more money they can get by subsidizing everything. And they subsidize it through your taxpayer money to bail out individuals with student loans so that way we have more expendable cash because that's apparently 
the most important thing. Uh, but I think my generation finally, and again, I'm the eternal optimist, I am optimistic that they are starting to wake up and realize what the hell's going on. According to the latest poll from the New York Times, which take the New York Times with a grain of salt, but they are at center left for sure, shows that the latest study... And the latest data finds that 50% of people born between 1980 and 1984, I know it's only a four-year period, but kind of the heart of the millennial generation, now vote Republican. It's a 50-50 split. Going a little bit further, a trend widely compared to voting habits of the youngest generation uh, X voters who became before them. Moreover, despite millennials born between 85 to 94 still voting for Democrat candidates, data shows they've made definitive shifts towards the right since 2012 after Obama was reelected. Now, remember, this is the heart of the Democrat base right now. They're losing the minority vote because they've realized that the Democrat Party has been the party of racism and slavery and segregation and the Jim Crow laws, and they've held the glass ceiling on them saying, you don't need to start a business. We're just going to give you social programs. We're going to put the glass ceiling on you. You'll never grow. You'll never flourish. You'll never succeed. You'll never get any better. You're just going to maintain. But we'll make sure you maintain by taking care of you as long as you continue to vote Democrat. That's starting to break away and largely started to happen under the Trump administration. Women, same thing. Wait a second. Uh, There's crime-ridden streets right now. I'm going to go get a firearm to protect myself and my family while I'm out grocery shopping because I don't want to see a mass shooting in the grocery store while I'm trying to go and buy, you know, cereal for my kiddos while they're in the cart with me. They're losing their demographics here. The only demographic they have is the young generation because what's the old adage? Is that if you're young and Republican, then you have no heart. If you're old and a Democrat, then you have no brain. And the millennials, while it may have been a little bit delayed because we're delaying adolescence or extending adolescence and delaying adulthood apparently in society today, they're starting to do that transition now. It's the second the second puberty step, I guess. You had the first one when you're the teenagers and the hormones are going crazy trying to become an adult. Now you're truly becoming an adult in your head by transitioning and saying, wow, maybe socialism isn't quite working out. Wow. Maybe government consolidation programs aren't really working out. Wow, maybe the government high taxes and social programs aren't quite working the way they want to because, man, I'm trying to work now, and my paycheck's a little low. I can't find good health care. Why are they taking so much out of my paycheck? What the hell's wrong with these guys? The millennials getting that dose of reality, slowly but surely inching their way further to the right and ruining the plans for the Democrats. Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio, this is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Great to have you along for the ride. Moving right through, man. It flies right on by here. Trying to cram that 10 pounds reason into that five-pound bag. Trying to rebrand the millennial generation one radio listener at a time all over the country on multiple radio stations right now. What's up? And happy post-Monday as we move through here. All right, I want to shift gears just a little bit. We'll continue our conversation about the uh, millennials, the uh, shift to the right slightly from the millennial generation, although they have another generation coming up behind them that is 
relatively left as well, obviously, because they're younger. But the one, two behind, what is that, the Gen Zs? Is that is that what it is? According to the experts or the, uh, the ones that are predicting these things, they say that the Gen Xers or the Gen Zers or whichever one it is are going to be really one of the most conservative generations uh, since World War II because they see how dumb my generation, the millennials, <laughs> have been. And uh, if that's the case, then if we're starting to shift to the right, and then that one comes up and saves the day. Maybe we'll be back on track and we can continue to move forward in a, progr- in a true progress, progressive society. By progressive, I mean actually advancing, not the Democrat progressive agenda that's regressive right now in society. But it's all hands on decks when it comes to education, when it comes to bringing wisdom and understanding, not just the information overload we're seeing right now, but actually putting things into context and understanding what's really going on in the world, which sets us up for our topic discussion of the day. What's trending today? As I'm watching, hold on, let me see if I can bring up the Tweety again real quick here. I want to see what the latest numbers are for him because they have been insane. So Tucker Carlson obviously has been releasing his new uh, videos on the Tweety and only on the Tweety, which is pretty fascinating. Uh, because I didn't know how successful that may or may not be. Um, let's see here. The last one that was posted on the 22nd, so just a few days ago, episode number six, talking about uh, the Kennedy that's running for president, 28.8 million hits on Twitter. Dude, that's... Now, I want to put that into perspective for you. 28.8 million hits on the Tweety alone with, uh, let's see, 96,000 retweets, 16,000 comments, 349, 350,000 likes on there. That's at the same time when Tucker Carlson was getting ratings of anywhere between 5 to 8 million viewers on Fox News. So he went from 8 million viewers to 28.8 million viewers. The one before that, by the way, was at 16.3 million, so not quite as much, but uh, just knocking it out of the park left and right. Is this the future of the content is just the future of what media may look like and what's this doing to fox news to talk about some of that and a heck of a lot more excited to have on the program it's been a while since we've had him on as off the air we are reminiscing about uh, my couple years stint in colorado springs what a beautiful area it is pikes peak i miss it i miss the area for sure although i don't miss the state of colorado and how crazy they are but he's a contributor to the new american you can also find his website at lightfromtheright.com it's bob adelman back on the line with us here bob how are you my friend hello randy the invitation glad to be with you yeah i'm excited to have you back on the show what a fascinating world that we live in right now when fox that used to be the republican alternative to the mainstream media the conservative domination they've just announced their new lineup for the afternoon and for the evening programs uh starting in the middle of july that includes laura ingram followed by jesse waters followed by sean hannity followed by gutfeld and then followed by the news at night um from fox an okay lineup, but nowhere in there are we seeing the conservative boost like we used to see back in the day. Well, most of those folks, Andy, have bailed. Uh, they have finally become aware of what the Birch Society and the New American magazine have been saying for years, and that is that it was a faux Fox conservative. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've just been doing a little digging here, and uh, Rupert Murdoch, at the age of 92, uh, was essentially a uh, a liberal. I've got some data here. In 2006, he hosted a fundraiser for Senator Hillary Clinton's Senate re-election campaign. In 2008, now remember, this is years and years before 
all this blow up with Tucker in an interview um, with Walt Mossberg. He was asked whether he had anything to do with the New York Post, which he owned, in his endorsement of Barack Obama in the Democrat primaries. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, yeah, he's a rock star. He's fantastic. And that was Rupert, our good conservative owner. And, of course, now it's run by his son, James, yeah. and his other son, uh, his name is um, Lachlan. Actually, Lachlan runs the show. Uh, James uh, is um, on the board uh, and has some active interest in it. But I find it interesting that both uh, James and Rupert uh, are members of the uh, globalist-seeking Council on Foreign Relations. And that often doesn't get very much um, press. Yeah. Uh, do you think this puts a damper or maybe taints the reputation of individuals like Laura Ingram, who, who's relatively conservative? I used to enjoy her radio show a little bit, but she left the radio to go to TV. Jesse Waters, who's entertaining, and I like him for the most part, but now um, kind of trying to hold that lantern in that evening slot. Sean Hannity, who's been around forever, but these have now been almost branded as a quote-unquote Fox News individuals, where that's the only place you can find them. Is that... Do you think going to hurt them in the long run with so many people upset and boycotting what Fox News is doing? Well, I don't think it can help them. Uh, they've lost a million or more viewers when uh, Tucker bailed. Uh, but I've found some interesting things in anticipation of our visit. And uh, I need to tout the New American. You had said that I write for the New American, and that's true. But we have about a 20 or so writers, one of whom is Mitchell Shaw, and he has turned up something which I thought you might just find interesting. Uh, he reported on a leaked document that got into the hands of the Daily Signal. I want to read this to you from the document. It's the um, administration of how the employees at Fox are to use the restrooms and how they're to treat each other. Here's the quote. Fox News employees are allowed to use bathrooms that align with their gender identity rather than their biological sex and are permitted to dress in alignment with their preferred gender. They must also be addressed by their preferred name and pronouns in the workplace. Wow. That's coming directly from Fox News. That's uh, yeah. That's interesting. That's interesting. Trying to play well, into the, the inclusion as a corporation. Yeah, that that actually comes from the Daily Signal, and it was turned up and written by Mitch Shaw at the New American. And so, if I can put in a plug, thenewamerican.com yeah. is where many people go when they want the untainted truth. And uh, I like Mitch. He's a great writer. We have twenty amazing writers. But the nice thing is, hey, we don't belong to anybody. Sure. And so we're not pressured except to say what's really going on. And uh, that's why we've got the reputation we have is that we're the go-to place if you want to know what's happening. Yeah, all you guys do a great job over at The New American, which, again, people can find at thenewamerican.com and view all the articles, all the great stuff you guys have. I, I love chatting with all you that contribute to The New American because 
It is some really great information and real, true journalism, what you guys are doing and actually journalistic research to expose something or talk about an issue. I don't see that happening in many other places right now. Uh, so Fox was kind of the last holdout in the mainstream that has fallen. The question is now is what is the alternative? What is the solution? Is it going to be another mainstream or are we going to see just the rise in Newsmax and One American News Network and Real America's Voice and uh, online podcasting? Is that the future and just the mainstream completely being out of the out of the equation here? Well, in my opinion, is is worth what it's you know whatever it's worth. But I think your numbers at the start of this show, Andy, made it very clear. Yeah. I don't think Fox can c- compete with an outfit like Twitter when you put somebody like uh, Tucker Carlson in there. Without any constraints, I had the sense for a long, long time that Tucker, as knowledgeable as he was, was constrained from telling everything. And for a long period of time, I had a real problem with Tucker uh, without dampening uh, the parade or raining on it at all. Let me tell you a quick story. I have had a friendly relationship with the uh, president of the John Birch Society. He's now retired. Jack McManus. And I've known him for years. I've been a member of the society for I don't know, 50, 50 plus years. And every year I call him on his birthday. I want to give him a, you know, a little warm fuzzy and just tell him how amazing he was during the heyday of his reign. And um, he told a story to me, which I'm going to relate to you. He was due to speak at a conservative function. I'm going to want to say the conservative political action committee or the Western Conservative Summit, or one of those things, and it was hosted by Tucker Carlson. Hmm. And when it came time for Tucker to introduce Jack McManus as president of the John Birch Society, Tucker left the stage and uh, leaving Jack alone with no introduction. Oh, my. Jack, being a gentleman, swelled up and took uh, took uh, as a an opportunity and he said well now i'm going to introduce myself yeah to the great delight of the audience but i think it spoke volumes about tucker as great as he is and i'm hoping to see more from him there are three words that never came out of his mouth for the years that i watched him council on foreign relations mm. that was verboten and i'm still waiting for him now in his new freedom uh, to expand on the influence that this evil organization has had in the destruction of the American Republic and turning it into one, the democracy, and eventually into a dictatorship. Yeah, that's interesting. Bob, we're going to take a hard break here. Hang on the line. When we come back, I want to continue this conversation. But that's a fascinating story. I, it is interesting to see where Tucker will take a lot of his conversations, like you said, now that he is unrestrained, which I think is what a lot of people are looking for in some of their content. Lots more that's coming up right around the corner. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today on a post-Monday celebration. Greatest day of the entire week. Getting you set, by the way, as a reminder for you tomorrow, I will be out because I will be traveling 
Thursday, we will be broadcasting from the border in McAllen, Texas. Yes, I am bracing myself. I am preparing myself to be in the 100-plus degree temperatures down at the border. A hat tip to our friends at Americans for Prosperity, partners on the program here, as uh, we're going down with the Americans for Prosperity Foundation and giving us the tour at the border all day. We're going to be on a bus, and we're going to see the border wall. We're going to see some of the entrance uh, facilities. We're going to see the buses. We're going to see it all. We're going to see it all, and we're looking forward to that. So I am ready tomorrow. I am uh, getting all the equipment ready to go. We'll be flying down there and visiting Thursday, back at it on Friday. I believe I should be back to be on the show live on Friday here back in studio with a recap of everything that we've done. So I am looking forward to I have never been to the border, and I am extremely anxious to go down and see what this is like myself and what's really going on. So stay tuned. More information to come, and we're looking forward to all of our shenanigans and fun travels over the next few days. Right now, we're hanging out with Bob Adelman. He is with NewAmerican.com, also with the John Burchett Society and his website, LightFromTheRight.com. Bob, let's uh, talk about quickly as we uh, kind of wrap things up here over the last few minutes with the decrease in the mainstream media, Fox and MSNBC and CNN, and the rise in uncensored content. We're also seeing the push in censorship. In shadow banning, in Facebook and in Google and in YouTube, banning content that they don't like, not allowing content to be posted, or at least not even going on to the algorithm for people to find it or see it once they post it. We've had to battle with that for years here on this program ourselves. Uh, With more conservative shows going into podcast format like Tucker Carlson, Joe Rogan, some of these other major shows that's getting information out that no one else can talk about. What's going to happen when they get censored, and how do we battle this thing? Mm, That's a very good question, and that's why we're going to have to work awfully hard to keep open the channels, perhaps like the one you're talking about, the one that you have. I commend you for heading down to the border. Uh, Your show on Friday ought to really be quite remarkable. Yeah, it's going to be fun. And the New American has been very uh, uh, impacted negatively on this uh, cancel culture, simply because we've been... um, you know, telling the truth uh, to people who don't want to hear it or who are, are afraid <laughs> that the word might get out. So I don't think it's an easy answer, but I do know that as long as we have some uh, elements of the First Amendment still in place, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of uh, access to uh, uh, gathering together, freedom to protest and free all of that, uh, there will come a way. The technology's there. I take, uh, uh, t- I t- do take with some degree of uh, comfort uh, Elon Musk's purchase of Twitter. Yeah. Uh, he's got a mixed bag, mixed record, but I think he's when it comes to freedom of speech, I can't find much to um, criticize the man over. And uh, he certainly has given a, a voice, a, a megaphone, if you will, to Tucker. Uh, in the last couple of minutes, can I touch on something that I think is relevant? to uh, this whole business of saving, uh, exposing the efforts to destroy this country and the efforts to uh, restore it. Please, yeah, you got a minute left here. Okay. Uh, Rupert Murdoch has been married and divorced four times. He was going to get married a fifth time to a lady by the name of Ann Leslie Smith, and yet two weeks after they were engaged, he broke it off because she is an evangelical Christian and publicly reported that 
favored Tucker Carlson, calling him a messenger from God. Carlson was fired from Fox News three weeks later. That's an interesting, I have not heard that theory. We've talked about the speculation on why he was fired from Fox News. I had not heard that one. I We had speculated everything from uh, the January 6th content to uh, vaccinations and the anti-vax stuff uh, during COVID. So that's a whole nother level that I, I had not heard of. So um, chalk it up into another theory on why we're seeing the ousting of so many conservatives out of mainstream media. Uh, very interesting. Bob Adelman, it is thenewamerican.com. Go check it out, lightfromtheright.com. You can also check him out at the John Birch Society as well. Bob, it's been way too long since we've had you on the show. We appreciate it, my friend. Let's get you back on again real soon. Thanks, Andy. Have a great trip to the border. Hey, appreciate it. Thank you very much. We'll do that again here soon. There it is. Done for a Tuesday. Back at it again on Thursday with you. Enjoy that one as we'll be down at the border. Back at it on Friday as well. It's going to be a fun couple of days. I got to get my sunscreen on. And I hate sunscreen. You know how much I hate sunscreen? I hate sunscreen just as much as I hate the show being over every day. But until then, I guess that's the way it's got to be. This is The Voice Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.